Hey everyone, I want to talk to you real quick about Anchor. I love podcasts, and back in high school, I tried to start one. It crashed and burned almost immediately because high school schedules are basically the anti podcast. But after deciding to revive and remodel it in 2021, actually being able to record in 2022, Anchor was instinctually my first port of call. Now, this is not a sponsored segment, much as I wish it was. Anchor really is just that good. It's super quick, super easy to do. I record on my dingy laptop with a mid-tier mic, and Anchor just makes it so efficient to get these episodes out there. What's more, you can pre-record segments like this one, for example, upload them, and drop them into wherever you want to drop them in during your episode. And you can do that all just on your phone. It's so... I. I don't want to overuse the term super easy, but it, it really is super easy. If you want to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about, I would highly recommend getting Anchor. All right, well, that's quite a way we bring to you our feature presentation. everyone, welcome to Beat to Roll, a gaming sub-show of our feature presentation where every month I, Maddie, sit down with one of my many delightful friends and we engage in high-minded intellectual discussion about a select interactive work for uh, roughly an hour and a half. This week I'm joined by Glenn, who has pulled Dishonored from the racks. Hi, Glenn. Hello! So, who is Glenn? What do you do? What do, uh, what, any projects you may have what do people know you for oh, where can i find you who is glenn <laughs> well thank you for having me first of all that's very glad very glad to be here uh glenn is a northern irish uh all-round nerd and geek of comics films tv uh video games a little bit i've played video games pretty much as far back as i can remember but never really been hardcore into them but just a little bit here and there um mainly i just work a normal dull job and raising two little kids but i am trying to make it as a professional writer specifically in comic books you can find my you can find me sort of blabbering on about various subjects including my own work at my blog at glenn's grumbling glenn, sorry excuse me glenn's grumblings it's glenn of two ends uh, you can also listen to a podcast I do called Rabbits to Comics, which is coming up on its 350th episode, uh, where we have a special guest comic book writer, Stephanie Phillips, Aww. that I'm very excited for people to listen to. Uh, she was She's very cool. And cool. I also am cooking a new comic book project that I'm hoping that people will, well, if I can get it pitched somewhere, that people will enjoy. But it's, it's looking very pretty. Nice. So uh, you mentioned... 
that you're not really like hardcore into gaming but when you do game uh what is your kind of setup do you have any kind of particular seating choice or are there any in-game settings that you always turn on or off or is it like uh, do you turn the lights on and off how do you handle brakes anything of that nature just standard kind of just on the sofa on my tv with uh, playstation 4 i've been a loyal playstation guy since the ps1 um my mother brought me a ps1 when they first were out because that that that's showing my age and i've kind of stuck with that since then yeah that's fair i got a ps2 uh hand me down from my dad and that was like a big portion of my childhood i did not get a playstation 3 but i do have a playstation 4 and so yeah i've also been pretty loyal to playstation uh for most of my life uh so... i sometimes would drift over to nintendo with like a ds or that I've oh had yeah, a, yeah i had a ds back in the day i had a, I had a ds Lite and um a little bit of xbox i have an xbox 360 uh nice but yeah, mostly PlayStation. So today we're talking about Dishonored, and it's a little different to my usual episode because uh, usually I like I like to replay the games and I have all my notes fresh in my memory. Um, but since I didn't get the chance to do that, because we like just set this up today, um, and yeah. seeing as I don't have as many notes as I would have, we're actually going to be talking about all three games. That is to say Dishonored 1, Dishonored 2, and the standalone Death of the Outsider. Um, I guess we can talk about the DLCs as well. But yeah, we will be talking about all three games. And I would like to know what your history is with this game, whether that's with a particular character or the franchise, the genre, or the studio? What got you to play this game in the first place? It's it's actually pretty funny, because I was playing on the DS, funny enough, uh, a really, one of the Frogwares uh, Sherlock Holmes games, the, the Mystery of the Mummy, and I got stuck at one particular point, and I do what I always do if I get stuck in a game, I go on the internet. Yeah. And oh, I was... Yeah, I, I stumbled, I sort of got into a bit of a YouTube hole at that point, and I discovered a YouTube channel called Outside Xbox. Oh, I love those guys. Which is, yeah, I, 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 I and yeah, this was my first exposure to them, and I'm a big fan of theirs. I've been watching them for about, well, since ever since then, um, and they had a video of Dishonored, of the, the Lady Boyle mission. And I watched it, and I thought, this looks really cool, because they were playing it uh, free ways to play, like pure stealth, pure chaos, and sort of uh, middle, like three different, yep. three different people, three completely different experiences. And I was like, this this game looks really cool. And this, would, this was quite an old video for them, and they were on the um, PlayStation 4, Three, they were playing it on so i at that time i got the game on the playstation 4 which was like the definitive edition of the first game which came with all the dlc plus a, a few extra perks like extra runes and uh talismans yeah. to start off with that made you a bit more powerful at yeah. the beginning uh so that, that's kind of how i got introduced to the game just this just this idea that there was so much um versatility in the gameplay it looked like it really appealed to me mm, yeah i had a uh, similar experience where i was like i was shopping around because i had 
a little bit of money and I was shopping around on the Steam sales looking for something to buy and really have any particular kind of genre or anything in mind. I was just looking at what was on offer and I found Dishonored and the reviews were good so I bought it and then just like from then on I was immediately hooked. I beat the game in like what like a day two days maybe and now I own every game plus all the DLC as a matter of fact like a few hours ago I bought the definitive edition of the first game on PS4 because I have it on PC um, but it's starting to get up there in age my laptop so uh, I bought it on PS4 yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually funny no, story really good on PS4 yeah, so I of course I love the first game. So when Dishonored Two was announced, I pre-ordered it on PC, and then uh, the PC port was god awful. It would not start. It was absolutely terrible, and this was like a huge widespread problem. So I was just like, oh, oh no, fuck it, I'll buy it on PS4. Then <laughs> never mind. Uh, but yeah, it's such an incredible game, and a big part of that which I'll get into later is like, like you said, the versatility of it, you know, and like the different ways to play. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. It really like I, cause I played one and two a lot I've replayed them because I did. Um, I replayed, I played one the first time and played a little chaos, which is in the game. You don't, you don't kill anyone. You don't, you can't be seen. Um, you can be seen, and... but it's just like, um, don't kill anybody. Well, I was trying to do like pure. Oh, you like, were trying to do a ghost run, like you know? pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like completely not seen. Don't kill anyone. Um, you so basically, do you want to talk about what the game's actually about, or do you want me to do that? Oh uh, yeah, I can. The assumption is that you know people have like consumed at least some of the media that we discussed before. I would say so those. because it's it's a fairly big game, and there's been comics and novels, and yeah, uh, I think there's like. A, a dice game and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, there's a tabletop game. Um but yeah, yeah. yeah, let's get into it. So, uh what are some things that you love about this game? What aspects of the game were the most noticeable? Did a particular character or level stick in your mind? How did the mechanics feel? How's the soundtrack? What's just like things that you enjoy? Well, the versatility is a big one. Yep. And I love the animation style. I love um Arcane is it Arcane? Arcane, uh, yeah, studio? Arcane Studios, yeah. Yeah, they're I like their style. It's kind of animated and I think it's but not like yeah. sort of Breath of the Wild the art pure cartoon is not very hyper realistic. It's this it's this weird middle ground. It feels a little like Borderlands with that kind of cell shaded yeah. feel, but it's not cell shaded. It's like yeah, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's cool. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. It's it's kind of like exaggerated. I think that type of unusual look for a game helps a game age well because I think oh, if you go for hyper realistic, mm. uh, like even a year later, your game's not going to look as yeah. a hyper realistic game is going to come out a year later. But like you said, Borderlands looks pretty much as good as it did when it came out mm. because of that unique style. Because that's just how it looks. Yeah. And uh, Dishonored's very similar. I, I like the powers, like the, the abilities that you can get yes. uh, are very cool. And they give you a lot of options. You can really adapt your character to your playstyle. So if you're doing like low chaos, you can like get powers to benefit stealth, uh, like blink or, uh, like and, and possession mm. and all that stuff. But if you want to go high chaos, you can, get, you can become ridiculous ridiculously powerful and you're just messing people up yeah oh it's so cool and i love corvo's power set 
But I think I like Emily's more because it's like I was watching a um, like a, d- a dev diary, like a behind the scenes thing. And they were talking about Emily's powers mm. it was around the time it was like pre the release of Dishonored 2. They're talking about Emily's powers and they designed it so that Emily's powers were reflective of her status as empress so she has the mesmerize ability to like attract people in she has the far reach so like nothing's out of her grasp you know and things like that and i thought that was such a cool little detail and but like on top of that layer her powers keep the experience fresh and new and it's just oh i'm just thinking about far reach now that's such a cool power and the shadow form that emily has oh that's so cool yeah like it's really it can be really because you can use that it's the shadow form is really well designed because you can use it for stealth or you can use it to kill like mm-hmm. it's really good for both types of gameplay again they did such a great job of building the abilities to benefit either play like any type you want to play yeah. and the way that the levels are designed really benefit like there's so many different ways you can do things but i really like games that give you options yeah with the various pathways i spent so much of this of this franchise like lurking on rooftops and such it's like and what's cool is uh, again with the versatility you you can you don't how do I put this? You don't have to kill, but you don't have to be stealthy either. So if you want to do like a running gun, non-lethal play style, you can absolutely do that with uh, the sleep dots, you know, and the blink. Yeah. It's just like, or you can do completely stealthy and absolutely murderous. And it's like, it offers, it's such a nice gradient that whatever way you want to play, you'll find a way to do that. And I, like you yeah. said, I love, I love games that give yeah. you that tool. It- I mean, again, the levels are designed so cleverly to, like, benefit the different approaches. And I, I love stuff like in the, um, can't, I can't quite remember what mission it is, but I, I think it's whenever you go and it's like the twin brothers. And you, the way that, the non-lethal way of getting rid of them is you uh, make a deal with a, like a gangster. Yes. Yeah, the Pendleton's, that, that's the ones. And you can deal with a gangster, and yeah, Slackjaw, that's him, and um, you get him a safe code for like this guy's safe, and if he get, and then he'll take care of the Pendleton's for you, but you can actually go and rob the place yourself, but still give him the safe code. Yeah. So you can, I just think like stuff like that's really clever. I think this was the House of Pleasure mission. Yep. Yes, it is, because you're, like, the the guy's, like, strapped to a chair, and he's, like, being electrocuted. It's a third mission in the first game. Um, if I might, if you give me long enough, I might be able to um, remember his safe word that he tells you to, his his signal to stop. Um, Retribution, (laughs) I think um, it is. Yeah, that's the one with the art dealer in uh, the weird... And just, like, stuff like that's really clever, and, Mm. like, the Lady Boyle mission, where you have to, if you're not, if you're going stealth, uh, but the Lady Boyle mission is really interesting because you don't have to go. You can actually walk. Lady around Boyle's Lost Party the is party my favorite without, mission in the whole franchise. It's a brilliant, and, mm. and you can tell because that that mission was so popular, and you can tell that that 
really yeah, influenced you're already them wearing a in Dishonored so 2, like, where, yeah. yeah, like, in Dishonored 2, there's, like, a gimmick, almost, on every mission. Um, but, yeah, like, in Lady Boyle's mm. Last Party, you have to work out, if you're going stealth and you don't want to kill, like, everybody, and you can at that party very easily, um, you have to work out which Lady Boyle's the right one. Yeah. And try to get her in an isolated position in a party full of people, and and it's just there's so many different aspects to it. Mm. And I and just I just think I just think the writing is good. I mean, it's not a hugely original core concept. Like no, a guy is accused like, of doing something he didn't do. Yeah, like gets revenge, and yeah, yeah. But it's but it's the I care like the, and effort put into sorry, the characters ahead. and yeah no it's the care and the effort put into the characters and the world that make it so um replayable and engaging today yeah and i think the appeal of because like there is like a, a penalty if you go like low chaos you get a better ending yep uh whereas if, like there's like three different endings for at least the first two games i can't remember as much on the third one i haven't played the third one as much as the first two because my disc I got all damaged, like so I think I've only played it twice. Uh, yeah, I think they were going to put in just like one ending, but they might have put in two. I can't remember. There's definitely two different endings to Dishonored Death of the Outsider, because I played both high and low, and I got two different results. But I, I don't mm. think it's as elaborate. Like, you get... You get the same cutscene. Yeah. Well, well, you get like the same cutscene with minor differences, and it's just like the 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 voiceover is is slightly different. Um, mm. I also am really impressed at at the 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 talent that they got in for the first game. In the second game, it was already a successful franchise, but they got like some big names. They got like Lena Headley and um, Chloe Grace oh, Moretz. I didn't know that. And, Chloe Grace um, I didn't know. Michael Madsen's in it. Um, yeah, she's Emily in Dishonored 1. Yeah, she's Emily in Dishonored 1. I knew that. Um, but I didn't know who Lena Headey was. Um, yeah, but they got Michael Madsen as well. Uh, Susan Sarandon and Carrie Fisher. Yes, in it. he's... Yes. And uh, Susan Sarandon as uh, Granny... Granny Rags. Granny Rags. Um, and the guy from Mad Men is one of the yeah, Michael rebels. Uh, the guy he's that's out. Yeah. No, no. Uh, oh. The guy that... John Slattery. John Slattery oh, is uh, one of the Rebels leaders. Oh, I was thinking, yeah, never mind. Uh, I was thinking Dowd. <laughs> I, yeah, man, no, Mike, Mike Madsen, yeah, you know you're right with Dowd. Um, but actually, while I was... I, uh, oh, no, you go, you go. Uh, no, I was just saying, in the second one, they get like Vincent D'Onofrio, mm-hmm. and um, what's his name that played Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2? Oh, um... Oh, I love that guy. I forget his name, but I love him. I know he's Sam Sam Rockwell. That's it. Sam Sam Rockwell. He's in it like he's like in a way at the start, like a he's like like the first guy you take out. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like this nothing. Role I was kind and, of and he's yeah, like I was kind of pissed off about. about that. Like you got my man Sam Rockwell, and you just kind of pushed him to the side. Uh, Robin he just threw him away. Um, yeah, Robin Lord Taylor. Robin Lord Taylor, who you know, Penguin in Gotham. Yeah. Uh, I think he does a much better job. Like the, the guy that's the outsider in the first game is okay, but he's the guy. Robin Lord has a much better job. Yeah, he definitely two, stuck um, in my mind. And then Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson as uh, Billy Lord slash um, the captain of the ship with the one yeah. arm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who can't remember what Aurelia says at the minute, but yeah, a lot of big names. Um, mm. To 
and which I which I thought was really cool. Yeah, when I was uh just going through like the wiki briefly to try and jog the memory, uh, I found this really cool piece of trivia. It was that in the first game, uh, game director Harvey Smith wanted Christopher Lee as Samuel, but it didn't work out. Oh no way! Well, he it probably would have been quite close to his death, so he probably wasn't very well. But that would have been awesome. That would have been so cool. Um, coming back to the aesthetic real quick, um, it's not just the art style, but like the actual style of the world. And it's not, I, I see it described as steampunk a lot, but it's not steampunk because like the blank punk genre is like, it's fiction about, um, class struggles and, you know, like class disparity, and then, like, whatever comes before it, so, like, cyberpunk, biopunk, steampunk, that's just, like, the style of the world. And steampunk is very specifically, like, steam engines and cogs. And there's not a lot of that in Dishonored. There's actually a lot of, like, electricity. And, like, because it's set in, like, an alternate Victorian era, kind of. The second, I don't remember when the first game is, but the second game set in 1852. I think. And so, but it is this very cool, um, like, void punk, I guess you could call it, kind of style. Um, I love Corvo. Love Corvo. He is such a fun character. Uh, Corvo's great. Yeah, he's on, like, that tier of video game sad dads alongside uh, Booker DeWitt from Bioshock Infinite and Joel Miller and Geralt of Rivia. He's... I love him so much. And I'm always a sucker for that. Type I do. Of I do like. I'm glad they give him a bit more because obviously in the first one he he doesn't he doesn't have a voice. Yeah, he's actor. a silent protagonist. He's a bit like he's a bit like the protagonist in um, Dead Dead Space, mm. uh, where he doesn't speak in the first one, and then they give him a voice actor. So he's a, he's a bit he gets a bit more personality. Yeah. In um, this one or two. And I think that really benefits the character. Mm. I like that. It, I thought it was. In- oh, sorry. Um, I was just gonna. No, no. Yeah. Because um, in Dishonored two, the so when the first Dishonored game came out, it was it came out roughly alongside uh, the Thief reboot, and when Dishonored mm. two came out, they actually got the voice actor of Garrett from the very first Thief game to play Corvo, which I thought was so funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's just, like, a fun little detail. There's, there's a big... Like, I've never played Thief, but I know that there's a big influence. Mm, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do... You know, I, I like whenever you mentioned about it being a sad dad, there was obviously the fan fear. It wasn't... It was never confirmed in Dishonored 1 that he is Emily's dad, or mm. that the heart is Josephine. I think it's Josephine. Jessamine. Was the Empress that died? Um, Jessamine, sorry. And that was just a fan theory. And they made it canon in Dishonored 2. They, they didn't even blink, which I, I thought was... Uh, get it, blink. Uh, which I thought was very cool. Because it, it both those theories made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Jessamine, uh, another note that I had is that, like, I love the heart. The outsider gives you this heart. And I forget what it's actually... For I know it serves some other purpose, but basically you can aim it at people and press the action button, and um, the spirit of Jessamine resides inside the heart, 
and you can hear Jessamine's voice and she'll give like little snide commentary about like the world and uh, the people. And it's also kind of fun to see. Uh, it's a great way to give the no name uh, thugs and goons and like the overseers and the city watch a little bit more flavor. So like I'll aim the heart at one uh, city watch soldier and it will say like, oh, he takes he's hoping to get a promotion so that he can, uh, you know, afford to keep the lights on or something. And then I'll aim it at a, another one. And yeah. it's like, this guy kicks dogs. And <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's not if you want to indulge a little bit in role play, it very much helps to inform like who gets the non-lethal and who gets the lethal. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, uh, it's just an extra detail that they, again, they didn't have to do that gives the game the depth that I think gives it its popularity. Mm. Um, well, the, the heart's main purpose is really, it's a compass. Yeah. To guide you to the shrines, the runes. Yeah. So I always have like my, my, sort of quick layout is like heart on like is every game heart on top blink or what equivalent on bottom mm. crossbow on the left and another whatever other par i was using the most on the yeah. right mine was because i i I've, again i i love the flexibility of especially in the second one when you craft your own runes oh yeah with the bones. I don't think I did that all that often. And you could just give you so much. Give you just give you so many options. Mm, yeah, I don't. I don't think I did that all too often because I wasn't big on like how the crafting was laid out. But it was very handy. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, my powers. <laughs> blink, obviously. Dark vision. It's yeah. Like, you don't have to get it, but it's kind of a necessity in a stealth game unless you're doing like specifically a high. Yeah. That's your detective vision. Mm. Um, uh, like rat swarm. I, I barely touched a rat swarm. Windrush is really a lot of fun. Windblast is cool. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling to think of like what powers I used mostly, but um, I liked Emily's. Um, I'll probably get them all mixed up. Yeah. Dupl- the duplication power Duplic- she has is very cool. Domino was another one. Possession. Domino is power. Oh, Domino's so cool. Domino's a lot. Like I would invent. Like especially the higher levels on Domino is very expensive. Mm. But it's so worth it to be able to like trank or shoot one person and, and just get like two others, and that's just um, is so much easier. Yeah, um, like I never got, even though I've played the first two a lot and probably the first one the most, mm. I never got into like the hardcore. There was people doing insane stuff, like they would stop time, possess, like someone would shoot someone, they would stop time, possess someone, move that person in front <laughs> yeah, of bullets, I didn't do all that. so that when time started it again. It's like that. Like it's just in like I can't really think of any other game that does that kind of stuff. It's just insane. Yeah, I remember this one that was like someone summoned a rat swarm, stopped time, put a, a razor wire trap on a rat, and then like moved it into a room full yeah. of guards. Oh. Yeah, it's just mental what you can do. It, and again, I think that Arcane really saw that people liked that and that and they really embraced that more mm. in the second game and the and the, the third game. Uh one of my favorite enemies is the overseers. I love 
the Overseer music boxes, they emit like this horrendous mm. jagged tune that is uh quote mathematically pure and that's such a fun little detail as like all the notes scattered around the world that like tell you stuff like that and other things or just like someone's diary is uh so good there's so much lore you can pick up in dishonored by reading like those books that are just scattered like this again there's the surface level plot which again is very simplistic but whenever you get to like the, the books and stuff you can pick up anywhere, um, or nearly everywhere. Um, the deeper lore is very, very interesting. Yeah, they actually published a book called The Dunwall Archives, which is a collection of every single, like, uh, note and manuscript and artwork in the world of Dishonored. And I've been meaning to get that for so long. I do own the first novel, That's but cool. not the second one. I've, I've, I, as much as I enjoy the world and the series, I've never. I was going to ask later on if you've maybe like read the comic or something. I have not read the comic. I've read like one or two issues of the comic, but not to completion. Um, but yes, I did read a bit of the comic, and it's bookmarked. Um, I just wonder how it would translate to other media because the big appeal of Dishonored is the uh, decision making, the power of decision making it gives you, mm. and that would that's taken away. Well, in the comic, in every other least, media. Um, first of all, the artwork is beautiful in the comic. Oh, it really feels like the game properly translated to page. Um, but the that's comic cool. explores Corvo's earlier years. It was like an in between of Dishonored one and Dishonored 2 as he's like going on some random mission but it's really a way to explore him as a character and also the new setting of Sirkonos in Dishonored 2 and so you learn a little bit more about that world before you actually play the game and like the kind of place that it is and the major players. Uh, the novel was in between Dishonored 1 and 2 it was, I think it's actually like a few years prior to Dishonored 2, and it was Emily, it was, I think it was like, quote unquote, Emily's first solo mission with a little bit of Corvo in there as well, actually, or it might have been Corvo, I don't remember, it's been a while since I read it, um, but yeah, it details, again, it does a lot more uh, character building, you learn a little bit more about Emily, you learn a little bit more about her relationship to Corvo, um, I do remember this one scene from the the first novel. Uh, the first novel is called The Corroded Man. I have not read the second, but I remember in the first one. Um, there's this scene where on Emily's 18th birthday, Corvo hired assassins <laughs> to attack her in the throne room, just like to see if her training was still up to snuff. They had orders not to actually kill her because, you know, he's he's not like an awful dad but you know he's um yeah that was a thing uh but i, I like the first novel mental. it was good i might have to check that out um i i thought the decision to make i mean i know you can play as corvo in the second one but i think the narrative of two is more fit to emily mm-hmm. uh and i think the decision to make her the the protagonist of the second game was a stroke of genius yeah because you can like play as Corvo, but the canonical choice is Emily, and yeah. the same for High Low Chaos. The canonical storyline 
is low chaos. Yeah, for both. Yeah, you're absolutely. Because I played, I played two four times. I played high and low mm-hmm. chaos for both characters. I lost count of how many times I played the first game, but I've played the second game like uh, maybe three or four times. Uh, I don't know if it was like yeah, an yeah. equal split between high and low chaos. But yeah, I've definitely played it a good couple of times. Sometimes, I mean, you can burn through the game really quickly on high chaos. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so sometimes if I'm just like, want to play it, but I don't want to like, because low chaos does take a long yeah. time because you have to have a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reloading. There's a lot of um, source coding where you stop and reload, <laughs> try again. Um Especially if you don't want to be, if you're going for ghost. Yeah. Um, but it's if you want to just burn through it, you can. It's only like nine missions in both one and two, I think. Real. Uh, yeah, you're probably real, right. Not not counting the DLC. Yeah, real yeah, short yeah. game. Oh yeah, and the DLCs are even shorter. Actually, this is a good point to uh, talk about. Uh, Knife of Dunwall and the Brigmore Witches, the DLCs for the first game, but I count it as like one DLC because it's the same story. In which you put, yeah, it's the same Dowd. story, just split it too. Mm-hmm. And you play as Dowd. Uh, that was actually the testing grounds for um, uh, having a voiced protagonist because Dowd speaks and you know, oh. doesn't. So they used Knife of Dunwall Brigmore to um, like gauge fan reactions to it. Um, but also, Dowd had a very unique uh, loadout and set of powers, for example, the choke dust grenade which was so good. It was a non-lethal, like, smoke bomb and filled with, like... Actually, now that I think about it, it might have been Silver Dust hinting it. Uh, probably wasn't. But yeah, um, his blink, actually, you could upgrade it. Stop, yeah, stop time. time. Which Corvo then gets in Dishonored too. Yes, and it's so handy because you can do, like, a leap, stop, mid-leap, mm-hmm. and then blink to, like, a ledge. Yes. Oh, it's so it's great for movement. That's what um yes. does best. I feel is um movement and exploration because their level design choice, choice as well. I'd say yeah, choice like, as well. Yeah, options, like, options, options. Their level design has a very specific and very unique level of like verticality to it that shines through. Yes. Um, in Wolfenstein Youngblood, which um, it was made by Machine Games because uh, they did the Wolfenstein reboots, but Arcane did some of the level design, and it's very clear um, <laughs> in it, the way you can just like ascend buildings through ladders and balconies and like power jumps, etc., etc. And like, if I can somehow get my hands on a ps5 i really 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 want to play death oh yeah absolutely i think which is their latest offering yeah and and they're working on a new game which is like a vampire game but i think that's xbox exclusive Mm. ironically enough um looking back on it wolfenstein youngblood was absolutely another testing ground for death loop because um it they changed like the way Wolfenstein works drastically. So every time you enter a new uh, area, the enemies have refreshed and there's lots of like upgrading weapons and such. So, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's so clever. Mm. Um, what else do I like about Dishonored? Well, I like Sirkonos. Uh, I love, I much prefer Sirkonos to, 
uh, Dunwall, probably because <laughs> I'm from London, where it's wet and rainy, and I don't yeah, want to play a, a game more, where it's wet and rainy. <laughs> it's a bit more vibrant mm. and Mediterranean based. Mm. I, I always find it interesting that sort of playing them over and over, you, I think you, you kind of notice that even though uh, Jessamine and Emily are meant to be very benevolent monarchs, mm. the the cities are crap. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of, they're, they're just like, everyone is seemingly pretty miserable. And I know there's the plague and the, the blood the flies and stuff isn't going to help. But, but it just seems like that they aren't very nice places, no. and like the, perhaps the upper upper class that are that are portrayed as very benevolent. If you play Lucas, mm. could be doing more. Mm. I just, I guess, it keys into that kind of. This is ultimately a dystopia, and things are going to be pretty shitty no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, oh, but actually, that is a pretty good place to mention A Crack in the Slab, which is the time travel mission in Dishonored 2. Yes. Uh, which is noticeably similar to Titanfall 2's mission, which was also very time travel. I forget what the mission's called, but I think it's very ironic how we got two time travel missions in the same year, because Titanfall 2 and Dishonored 2 came out the uh, same year. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, in A Crack in the Slab... Oh, did you... Sorry, I was just going to summarize the level. No, no, go ahead, okay. go ahead. Well, no, no, you go ahead. That's all right. Uh, so in A Crack in the Slab, you infiltrate the manor of Aramis Stilton, and it's very, like, run down in decay, and your powers don't work in there because of a mystical event that happened three years prior. So the outsider appears, and he gives you uh, the timepiece, which allows you to shift back and forth, um in between three years ago and the present. And depending on what actions you take in the past, it will affect the present. I think the... I don't remember everything that happened, obviously, but the general idea is that Aramis Stilton took part in a ritual to contact the overarching antagonist of the Dishonored franchise, Delilah Copperspoon. And he went pretty insane... Um, and his mana fell into disrepair. And if you knock him out, then he can't attend the ritual, and things get generally better in the present. If you kill him, things get worse. And yeah, if you don't, if you leave it alone, obviously it stays the same, and you return to the present as it is. Yeah, that was a really well thought out mission, and it was nice to kind of have that panic button of the time machine that if someone was coming, you could just like mm. go to that the other time. Necessarily that wasn't necessarily 100% reliable because the manor is filled with blood no. flies and stuff. So you gotta be looking yes. out for that. Yeah. And just, no, that was just a brilliant concept for a mission. And I don't, I just don't know how they did that. It's just, it's just mm. really clever design and use of obviously the, the PS4 versus the, what they had with the PS3, mm. the power of mm. the machine. Um, and yeah, just, I just remember like, there was like, like a statue, I believe in a vault and you had to get it moved. So you had to like knock it over in the past. So it couldn't be there in the (laughs) present or something along those lines. And, um, just, so it's just really cool stuff, like getting codes so that you could use them in the future, sorry, Mm. in the present and. Just really cool, interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, trying 
But the the funny thing is, was the whole purpose behind no no because before that, whenever you're going to the mansion, you have to like the, there's the Jindosh mm. lock, and you get this again. You get choices of there's two ga- warring gangs, and you can side with one of them to get the other leader to basically tell you the code. But you can also brute force. You can, there's a puzzle to open the lock, and you, and it's and it's really complicated. Mm. But you can actually do that, so you don't actually have to do yeah. that. You can just skip that entire mission if you're like determined enough just to solve yeah, the lock. I always do that because I am. So the way I play these games is that I operate by the rule of thumb, which is don't start none, won't be none. And that is to say, <laughs> if I try and stealth my way through, but I am also famously bad at stealth games. So if I'm seen, then that's it. Uh, um, I just like get into combat and then I return to stealth when everyone's dead. Um, yeah, yeah, I have gotten better at stealth games, so <laughs> that doesn't happen as much, but that's still like my go-to. But I just cannot be bothered to go around starting a gang war just to open a door, so I'll pull up the thing. And it's yeah. like, um, did I did I mention this? Whatever, I'm gonna mention it again if I did. Um, but at Lady Boyle's last party. You have to sneak upstairs. No, I did not mention this. You have to sneak upstairs and find uh, the diaries of the Boyle sisters to determine which one you have to knock out. But every time you play, it's randomized. So it won't be the same Boyle sister each time. And I think they did the same for this door. And the combination is different every time. So there's like, you need a cipher to unlock it (laughs) and it's like you have to it shuffles around every time and it's annoying but it's better than just like running around trying to yeah so i always just brute force the door i think the 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 best way i saw someone do it was like use a spreadsheet yeah that's the one i had i think maybe not like exactly a spreadsheet but there was like a chart and it's like like i said it was a it was a cipher for the thing you like plug in the keywords to know which one's which and again it just underlines that you could Mm -hmm. do that I mean, that's not the way they kind of want you to do it, but the option's there if you really, really mm. want. Like, some games, it would be kind of built into the code that it's just impossible. You just can't do it unless yeah. you... Um, like, I remember... Uh, well, just don't remember. The other night, a um, good friend of ours, and and Banana Man, was playing <laughs> Arkham City, and she was talking about how you can... During the Mr. Freeze submission, you can find Nora Freeze... Before you're meant to find her, but the game won't let you get her until you do the other missions, the the, the other parts mm. of the mission. Whereas this will let you do that. You just have to like uh, you you can get through mm. the door. You just have to really work work hard mm-hmm. to work it out. Ah, uh, that was um, I remember but, finding which I thought was very cool. And I didn't even know she wasn't wait this was arkham city yes i don't even remember nora being in arkham city yeah there's a whole there's a whole like side mission oh that's right yeah i never did any of the side missions in Arkham. yeah right right, right, right. um yeah that's oh i also love the the clockwork soldiers they are so cool oh they you know the first time i played the Dishonor 2, I find them really oh, hard to take Oh, they are absolutely down. awful to fight, but just like the design of them and the concept is so cool. Oh, they're they're fantastic. Yeah. The more I've played it, though, the, the easier I find them to like, handle. If your aim is good, or you have like 
stop time or whatever. It's two shots to the head. It's one to destroy the wooden casing and then one to yes. destroy the light. And then it relies on audio cues only, which is fine because you can just blink away. Uh, but it will, if any, it will attack anything it hears. So then you can use it to attack uh, the city gods. Yes. I never really find out if that counts as a kill against you um, or not. If god, I don't remember. Because usually what I would what I tended to do was make them fight each mm. other and you get like a, a sort of makeshift version of the BBC uh, program Robot Wars. <laughs> um, and I would just like watch them fight and I was like, yeah, well, this isn't too bad. Um, but I never, I was always hesitant to let the, unless I was doing a high chaos, a high chaos playthrough and I didn't care. I was always hesitant to let them kill people because I didn't know if that would count against me. Because technically, technically I didn't kill them. It's, it's the Batman rule. I didn't do it, but the thing I, I caused to happen did it. Yeah. I just, um, I just Googled it does count. Uh, if you take off the head. Yeah. And then it kills someone else. That's a, that's a kill. Yeah, uh, someone dies in an accident That's while linked right. to another person with Domino. That other person's death is counted as a kill. Uh, that kind yeah, of thing. Doing a drop knockout while an enemy is getting up off the ground will sometimes kill them. Uh, but killing Delilah's clones is not counted as a kill. Oh. Do you know, and I want to talk about, about Delilah in a moment, but do you know that you, the, the cheat for Delilah, the Delilah fight in Dishonored 2? Oh, wait, is it like, I think it's if Dark you, Vision. Sorry? Dark Vision is involved somehow? Um, Well, I just saw this on a video, and I never, like, I played through Dishonored 2 so many times, and I never mm-hmm. knew this, that whenever you step through the painting into, like, her world, she's actually, like, above the doorway. The real her oh. is above the doorway. And if you could... If you can get up there and like choke her out, that or kill her, that's it. That that's it over. You don't have to fight uh, the clones or take out because like the proper the, the way that the game is meant quote unquote meant to be played is you have to if you're doing low chaos you have to like choke out mm-hmm. all the dupes, or if you're doing high chaos you have to kill them all. But this one you only have to do mm-hmm. it once, which I, again it's just really interesting. That there's that little it's just like it's such an easy way. Just to do, it's the, it literally like takes um, like yeah. thirty seconds. God, there was That's a, dumb. I don't remember which game or to what purpose, but there was another game where it was like there was something uh just like above a doorway that you went through and it could like fast track. I think it was I think it might have been one of the Doom reboots, six twenty sixteen or Eternal, where there was like a mm. gun and you could just like it was just like right behind you. It was probably not Doom, uh, but whatever. Um. But yeah, you wanted to talk about Delilah. Yeah, well, I just, I just think it's interesting that she's obviously the main antagonist of the series, as, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. But it, it, it always assumed, it always interested me that the whole story about Dishonored Two relies on you playing the DLC of Dishonored One, but she's not mentioned in the main campaign of Dishonored One at all. Oh yeah, because it's uh, the but Lord Regent who's the main enemy. Uh, Lord Regent, and then the uh, the reb the rebels who who betray mm. you. Um, are kind of the the, the villains. Uh, Admiral Hadlock. I want to say Hadlock. Hadlock, yeah, that's him. Um, but then in um, the DLC, uh, Knife of Dunwall, etc., it's uh, Delilah mm. is such a and the mystery of her is such a big and then. Like she's she's like the main thing from then on, and I just find that's really interesting. They basically 
crafted an entire story out of the DLC. Yeah. Um, well, the only other note is that um, in Death of the Outsider, uh, I liked the closure for the Outsider, and I'm curious to see how any future entries may utilize powers, because he was like the source of magic in the world of Dishonored, pretty much. But that's all I had for things I like. Is there anything else that you had? I don't remember Death of the Outsider as much. Mm. That as was the definitely other one, the one I played. I least. haven't played it as much. I did have a strength. I did. I, I I always find it curious that because that was clearly supposed to be DLC for Dishonored Two, but they just released it as a kind of a separate. No, it wasn't a full price game. It was like mm. um, I don't know. Full price game back then was forty or fifty pounds in U, in UK money and France and pretend money. Um, it was like twenty or thirty instead. And I, I did I do think that you got value for your money, but I find that was a curious decision. Mm-hmm. But it sort of interested me because I do know that <coughs> excuse me, Arcane have said they're going away from Dishonored for a good while, but in Dishonored Free, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming we'll get eventually, I, I thought that the outsider or the human form of the outsider, which I'm assuming is the canon canon ending, is going to be the mm-hmm. the, the protagonist would make the most sense because he would have, I'm sure, some leftover abilities, and I think that would kind of be an interesting story to play. That would be cool. Um, I do remember some rumors about a TV show, but I don't recall anything that ever coming to anything. Um, that would be really interesting. Anyway, um, because oh, there you go. Yeah, I was just saying. But again, the the problem is. Again, the main appeal of Dishonored is the player's mm-hmm. kind of independence, mm. and other versions of that is going to take that away. A TV show, like say you're just a player who doesn't do both, you just do High mm. Chaos, for example. If in the TV show Corvo or Emily or whoever is just low chaos, they're going, well, that's not my yeah. Emily or Corvo. And, and so it's... It, it creates that inherent problem in video game adaptions, but almost worse because there is more choice mm. in the in the video game more so than most. Mm. Uh, on the other side of that, it may you know uh, be in keeping with this trend of the outside media, where it's like, oh, you um, we're using this this opportunity to expand the characters and i remember thinking when i first heard about the news and like i wouldn't want to see corvo or emily again because i consider their stories to be done like everything with uh dowd and delilah and jessamine that's all concluded but i would like to see a kind of anthology series about the world i would like to see you know like a granny rag show or a mindy blanchard show or something like that just something to explore i think the world has a lot of potential because again it's it's hard to define what kind of genre the world it's kind of a mixed bag of a couple of different Mm. things um sci-fi fantasy is like the broadest i think it's visually yeah and it's visually a very appealing world and it's but it's also whoops even though there's like powers and things like blood flies and stuff it's actually a world that's not too different mm. than our own so you could relate to it well yeah that's all i had um so what are some things that you actively hate or that you feel just like oversight and could have been done better um again i think that the, the decision to make the third game a game on its own mm. is a bit sneaky because basically they're charging they're the, this was just a way to 
to make more money off the uh, uh, what's extends what's mm. essentially just DLC uh, extended DLC. Mm. But I, I'm like like and I'm going to show my age here. I like come from an era of gaming that did DLC was non-existent. You, the game yeah. was all there. So I'm not a big fan of the concept of yeah. DLC to begin with. Um, so I, I that annoys me that I, I hate when... I don't think Arkane, so to speak, take, took the piss, so to speak, but I hate when companies just err on the side yeah. of that because video games are expensive mm. enough. You shouldn't be trying to grind out more money from people because they're already... Like, video games are such an expense now that video game companies are are really bad for making you pay quite a bit of money for the game and then making you pay more for yeah. the game you already bought. And that's... I, I can get behind um, that because it's like... I didn't <laughs> grow up in an era where, like, the game was just there. Like, I, I grew up at the tail end of that era, you know? Um... Because I grew up in like the shift from PS2 to PS3, um, but yeah, I I do often find myself whenever like a DLC is announced, feeling like, well, why didn't you just like put this in the first game, or like um, just make this a, a, a direct sequel? You know, um, DLC can be helpful, I guess, but yeah, I do I do get the feeling of like, why didn't you just make this a full game if you were going to do it anyway. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the only example I liked was Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare, because that was mm. basically a full game. Um, um, yeah. Uh, what about you? Was there anything uh, yeah, about it you didn't uh, like? Or? I'm just trying to go through my notes, trying to decide which one to pick first. Or I guess I should mention that... Um, <laughs> well, I say that like I have a lot. I don't. There's five. <laughs> But it's this like, game. This I, I suppose I would have had more if, again, you know, I had gotten the time to replay them. I would have noticed more things, but as non-issue. Um, but I suppose that I should mention, first of all, is that the voice actress for Emily Caldwin, Erica Luttrell, uh, is black and she voices a white woman. And that's like a, you know, that's a predominant issue in the video game industry. Um so like I don't have anything yeah. more to add on to that, but it's worth. I, I know there was that, there was that situation with Barbara Gordon in mm. the first few Arkham games as well. I am always happy to see minority actors get more work, but the problem is that they they couldn't they, they couldn't make Emily black, but she was mm. Caucasian in the um, first game. But it, it is a shame that they couldn't just have a role that yeah. you know. For specifically a major role for a black character, yeah. apart from Billy, who Rosario was given to that that role was given to a very prominent uh, minority mm. actress, regardless. And it's also um, obviously I would have preferred if Erica Luttrell had gotten like a black role um, and not been whitewashed, but uh, Corvo, who mm. is um, he is shown to be like white in the games but the comics now i may be actually i may be remembering this wrong so i will have to double check this but in the comics uh where he grew up in sokonos he was actually quite um tanned um because you know sokonos is a really hot right. country it's supposed to be like that kind of like you said mediterranean, yeah, 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 mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like emily should have been black but she also could have been, um, you know, darker at, at least. Mm, well, yeah. at, at least, at least some, maybe an yeah. olive 
Olive yeah, she could have had a darker yeah. complexion. It didn't have to they, be they, like straight up white. I wonder if that's because they hadn't really thought of Emily as Corvo's daughter when they were building the game. That was something that the fans yeah. kind of just decided, and they yeah, thought, "Oh, this is a good that. idea. We'll just make this a thing." Um, but the other, the second point I had was that uh, the second game's plot was basically just the first game again without any real changes. Like, eh, I don't know. I didn't. It's it's a big reason of why I yeah. haven't played it as much as uh, the first game. It's because it's pretty much just a straight copy with a different villain. No. Um, Death of the Outside, likewise. Uh, I just didn't no, enjoy right. the story for that. It was, uh, yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if... I think it's possible in 2, because you have New Game Plus. But in Dishonored 1, you can never... And like your original playthrough of Dishonored 2, you can never fully upgrade all your powers, because there just aren't enough runes to buy everything. No. Um... And the last point I had was about the sleep dot. You should be able to start like New Game Plus with yeah, the yeah, existing you should, cards yeah. you've already bought and be like a destroyer um, world. But in like the default playthroughs, no, you can't you can't do that. And it's really annoying. Um and the final point I had was about the no. uh, the sleep dots. Mm-hmm. You only get five sleep dots in Dishonor Two when you could carry ten in oh, Dishonored yeah. One and you get an upgrade to allows twenty. 20? Was it 20? No, because you can upgrade the normal crossbow bolts to carry like 20 or 30 or something like that. I think it was 20. I'll have to double check the upgrades. But yeah, you could carry 10 in Dishonored 1 and for um, Mm, for Dowd It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. For Dowd, you can get an upgrade that allows for 15 in uh, Knife of Dunmall and Brigmore Witches. And to this end, I felt like there was a lot of opportunity to expand in Dishonored 2. I just got done uh, with Horizon Forbidden West, which uh, ironically enough, was I felt was actually a massive downgrade in terms of mechanics. Um, but it did still keep some of the upgrades that you unlocked in Zero Dawn uh, available at the start as part of your like core mechanics. And I would have liked to have seen yeah. something like that um, where Emily using some of Corvo's upgraded gear. Not to go off on a big sidetrack, but funny enough, you mentioned I just played... Um... I've just played Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time because it was like five oh, pounds nice. on PlayStation Store. Um, and I thought the game was good. I wasn't, I, I was really, I found it really mm. hard to get into the story. Um, I mean, the gameplay was very good. I, uh, it was a lot of fun and I liked uh, Alloy a lot. Mm. I thought Alloy was great. It's, I always think, because much like comic books, I suppose video games for a long time were thought of like a boys club thing that there were so there was two there were so many mm. male protagonists um that knowing that that the understanding is that that's not entirely correct we are getting more female protagonists both in comics and video games i do like seeing more mm. female protagonists um so like your emily caldwins or your uh or your alloys or 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 what have you mm. but yeah i just i just thought i would yeah. just because you mentioned horizon no, that's fine. um but then I'm I kind of I'm the one I'm kind of the one that played The Last of Us and I was like I I, I, I thought it was fine but I didn't get the big kind of hoopla over it. <laughs> oh, that see those those hurt because I love the story of Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West again it suffers from the same uh, fate as Dishonored Two, which is just, it's the first game again but with like slightly different variations. Um, yeah, just but bigger. yeah, I love the story yeah, of yeah. Zero Dawn, and uh, I cried so much in The Last of Us. But yeah, Aww. um, that's all I had 
for things I did not like. Again, I would probably think of something else if I had replayed it, but eh. uh, it's just a good game. It's just it's a straight up good game, and I will I'll probably replay really every good. entry again in the future. Um, yeah, I I pro- I mean I I recently just replayed them not too long. well one and two again. Three is um, damage beyond repair uh, for mm, some. I think yeah. my son got a hold of it one day. That's um, a big reason why I switched to. A I'll probably download. play them again at some point. I'm, mm. Yeah, um, it's probably probably for the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, fantastic games, absolutely fantastic games. Yeah. So, is this a game that you can enjoy to the full extent without any prior experience to the genre or franchise? Uh, did this game remind you of any other games? And if people enjoyed this game, what would you say is a good next play? If you like the stealth aspect, I think Hitman's a good go. Mm. Um, Hitman, you can go in all guns blazing, but it just makes the the game just reward you. As yeah, because there's like a system, it, right? it, 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 it only punishes you. Yeah, I mean, the, the narrative will punish you, but the game won't. But in Hitman, the game really will. Um, but yeah, if you like stealth, Hitman's a good shout. Um, I was, I would say that probably try. Arcane's Prey. I was severely disappointed <laughs> in Prey, um, but if I've heard people kind of that are fans of Dishonored be very uh, marmite about the it. They 2017, it or they don't. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the one that Arcane did. Yeah, different Prey. Uh, yes, there was one um, like t- uh, ten years ago. But you no, know, I'm talking about the 2017 one that Arcane did just before uh, Death of the yeah. Outsider. But Prey's, before uh, Death Prey's of... a funny one because I could never really get into Prey because um, I don't really vibe with survival horror games. But it's again very well written. The lore is very good. Uh, the environment design is very good. Um, Benedict Wong's in it, <laughs> which is so fun. Um, yes, always Yeah, I, I couldn't get into Prey, but I actually first discovered Prey from the original trailer back when it was like a cowboy space bounty hunter game, and I wanted that game so bad, but it's yeah, it got trapped in development. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I would say Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Um, I never played any of the other Deus Ex games, and I hear it, like, wasn't great in comparison to the rest of the franchise. No. Um, it wasn't. But yeah, no. I liked, I liked Mankind Divided. Mankind Divided. Because not only does it have, like, that kind of verticality where you can, like, scale buildings and go up to, I don't, I don't think you can get much rooftop access, but you can hit, like, balconies and vents and stuff. And, um, you get a lot of very cool abilities and it's also got that dual narrative of like a non-lethal and lethal playthroughs i I only did the non-lethal i haven't done a lethal playthrough yet but it was very good and i liked it i like adam jensen (laughs) he's fun yes he's another one of those miserable he's not a dad but he is sad no not a dad oh my god he's so funny because i still think about how he never asked for this and then he proceeds to ask for every upgrade in the game. I never asked for this. Uh, he's just, I love him. And he's, I, I do believe he's voiced by Elias Tufexis, who mm. is him. Not. Wait, yes. Yes, it does. Uh, he was in The Expanse, um, but 
he does a lot of voice work and he is my um he's my pick for voicing the question in any potential upcoming projects that dc may be cooking up i think he would oh, make wow. very cool vic sage mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah i can i can kind of so if out, you yeah. were in uh usually i have this game but we talked about these three so i guess just in the world of dishonored as an npc what kind of npc would you be and where in the game could the player find you <laughs> i would be dying of the plague Probably somewhere. You would be a weeper. Well, that's just my luck. Um, yeah, what about you? I would like to be one of the black market vendors you can find in Dishonored 2. That would be... I never figured oh, yeah, out yeah, how yeah. to rob those guys. I always... Even though I've played... Yeah, I think we're on the same sort of same mind track. Like, 2, I always forget, even though I've played a mm. little, how to rob them all. I, I never figured out how. I'm not great at puzzle solving, which I know is a weird thing to say for a franchise like this, where like 80 percent of it is. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm I'm terrible for just I'm terrible for just going out just yeah. load up Google and go. Absolutely. How does one do the all thing? The and it tells me how to do the combinations thing. and all of that. I'm not doing. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So that is the credits roll for us thank you so much for joining us and thank you glenn for allowing me to steal a little bit of your time oh no problem thank you for yeah, having so, me again. Um, i know fun. we already did this in the intro but just once again is there anything you would like to plug um and also could you recommend a game that has nothing to do with uh what we just talked about this could be a recent play or just like an old favorite Anything that's on your mind. Sure. Uh, well, again, you can find me on Twitter at Glenn, again, two mm-hmm. N's, underscore Matchet, uh, which yeah, is like I'll Hatchet put that in the, with, uh, with an N at the beginning. That's pronounced Matchet. Thank you. Uh, Rabbits to Comics is the podcast I'm on. Um, and you can find that, I think, wherever you find any podcast. And we also have a Patreon where for a dollar a month, you can read web comics where we are, me and my co-hosts are bunny avatars and we comment on various comic industry happenings uh this week we are being invaded by a, a raccoon mm-hmm. version of stephanie phelps and uh my blog glenn's grumblings and my various comic works which aren't readily available because <laughs> comicsology went up the left but uh they are out there somewhere i think um but yeah that that's pretty much it and game oh god I could, you don't gotta think too hard about it Just pick uh, one like, off the top of your brain Cool. Uh, right. Link to the past. Everyone should play. Everyone should play Link to the Past. It, I don't know how easy it is right. to do so, but everyone Fair should. Fair enough. Um, well, as usual, you can find the podcast Twitter at, at feature underscore prez and submit your questions to featuredprez at gmail. It's featured with a D. Thank you once again for attending this week's playthrough of Beatroll. I will see you again next month as I boot up. I think it's going to be Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm not. Nothing's been set yet but i hope it's metal gear solid if i uh if i can get to it in time clean up those achievements